internet dwellers, and welcome back to Franchise Schmanchise. I almost said the wrong title of this podcast. That would have been embarrassing. We would have had to start over. I, you, you were so concentrated, I, too. Like, eyes closed as you're doing it. Like, was, very epic 80s rock ballad type. It was so... Look. Welcome to Franchise! That's yeah. not. That was early it's, 90s grunge. Creed? Creed. I went Creed for the opening. You didn't go Creed. He went totally wrong. <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to the show. A little late. It doesn't matter. You'll understand why. And also, welcome to the first episode of the series where we've combined movies into a single episode. And you'll understand completely why very shortly. Trust me. <laughs> Hashtag no Mahone. Hashtag no Mahone. Also, of course, before we get any further into it, welcome back, Chris. Hello, Chris. Hello, you haven't given up yet on these movies. <laughs> no, but can I, I? I need to start out. Yes, start please. This episode. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> you said I'm, that. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I um, you know, so I, I didn't do my research when I first. Keep talking. I'm sorry. I'm, you're peeking a little bit. That's weird. Just okay, okay. I okay. just want to see you. I, 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 I peek over. Don't like, peek over the microphone because now you're peeking over the microphone. Yeah, sorry. Go um, ahead. I didn't do my research when I first did the when I first suggested let's do Police Academy. I because you were so caught up in the wonderfulness that was parts one and three. That's not sarcasm. The actual wonderfulness that was part one and three. You forget. Well, I, I was thinking, what's the longest franchise? Mm. I could do not name James Bond because you've already said we no that's James not, Bond yeah, yeah. that's already a podcast so there's right. no sense of doing that plus and that would take freaking forever to the, do the only one I could think of was Police Academy <laughs> with seven um, Nightmare on Elm Street Friday the Thirteenth but those were all horror movies right and I didn't know if you wanted to do yeah. those well, I'll wait a little bit for those I just yeah, rewatched them right so. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I just want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry as as someone who you used to consider a friend. That's true. That's gone out the window um, now because of the because of these two movies right. that we're watching today. <laughs> yeah, I I just want to say I apologize. Though um, some of you listening, I would recommend you watch these. Oh, I will flat out say you have to watch these just because, and we're going right off into the reviews just because. It's going to make you greatly appreciate the first couple in the entry. Yeah, one through series. four. Once you've hit this point and you go, what is going on and what has <laughs> happened to these movies? You then start having fond, very warm, holiday family memories of yeah. the great fun you had watching the first couple. Um, but yeah, watching these are just... Oh, oh my! Oh, all right. So let's let's God. start out with five. Okay. So Mission Miami Beach. <laughs> Mission Miami Beach. My first note was. Well, well, let, let's let's review the plot. Okay. Do you want to do five? What is? The plot I, I'll five? do five because you you can do six. Yeah, because I'll, I have no idea. I'll attempt to do six. So five. The basic plot was Lassard was being awarded uh, a Nash, an international award for policemen of the year. <laughs> And it's in Miami Beach, um, but he's also being fired. But he, well, he's he's being there. There is a forced retirement oh, the age. Retirement age. That's right. So he's not being fired. He's being forced to retire because of a, a something in the rules that say you need to be a certain age. So, which I like. They don't tell Lassard that. Like this is another one of those '80s right. tropes. The '80s and '90s tropes. They don't 
tell him ahead of time that you are retiring. They leave it as a bomb to drop on him. And his congratulations speech. Exactly. Like, who does that? Nobody does that. So, of course, all of the people from the Academy... Minus Mahoney. Minus Mahoney, who's just absent. He's no just one makes acknowledgement. No mention of him. Um, no, like, we're in an emergency. Let's get Mahoney. Yeah, he's, he's here somewhere, right? As um, far as we know, he died in that hot air balloon right. at the end of four. <laughs> There's some fiery... He's with Sharon Stone at this point. <laughs> on a beach somewhere, just relaxing. Um, he's retired. So, anyway. From all that they, sweet, sweet They money. all go down there, and of course, Harris and Proctor want to go down there oh, as course. well. Of course. For some reason. Because they want to watch him as the retirement is set and make him feel bad. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, that's the basic plot of it. So it gets everybody down to Miami Beach. Um, we'll just mute yeah. all of my devices that all went off simultaneously. Yeah, you have 40,000 yeah. devices here. It was like a Christmas party. Um, that made no sense. I was thinking bells and stuff. It's early in the morning. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff has not had a six cups of coffee <clears throat> nope, yet. Nope, I'm on two. Uh, by the end of this podcast, I'll be jittery and just blah, basically. I'll ramble through the entire they plot of put, six. You like might want to put it on a uh, slower playback <laughs> speed for whatever Jeff's talking. Just so you can understand what he's saying. It doesn't it, sound chipmunk-like. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> um, I do have one. So back to the movie. I'll have one note. My first note about the about episode five, episode part five, is that this is less police academy and more like beach patrol. Yes. <laughs> Cuz it felt like it felt like they 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 tried doing something different again. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of like, oh, we're not going to follow the same plot of the previous four. Let's do something a little different. But but pulling it out of the police academy and throwing him on literally onto a beach for a good chunk of the film, it it just it it felt like a it well it felt like an eighties movie, which was very much so. Though like, it's so it's, much on the beach and just like that type of life. Uh, but unless you count statues, this does not qualify as a Dan Casey eighties movie. No, that is very true. That is very true. You get you get a lot of um you get a lot of like not not even a lot. You get some innuendos. Yep. Um, you get a lot of. I think that's more so in six, though. I think six has a ton more in it, but not, not again. No, it does not. It does not match the Dan Casey uh, <laughs> seal of approval <laughs> for an '80s movie. So I think this is telling. Mm-hmm. This was only released in mono. This was not released in stereo because of like saving budget? money. Yeah. Oh my, which. So when a when a when a production studio starts going that direction, where it's like, ah, guys, we're not going to mix the audio in stereo, then you realize you really don't care anymore about this pro- this this franchise, and you're just trying to throw them out there. You're trying to get the films out. Um, I do want to say this. Uh, so one of my other first uh, first acknowledgments of the film was like, oh, look at that, Bubba Smith is now top billing. Yes, he's the first person in the he credits is. now. And I, when I saw that, it was an, again. So five was the one that growing up I always thought was the plot of part three. Right. I've realized why. Real quick, it was that it's the um, it's the boat chase through the Everglades. Yeah. That's what confused me. Yep. That's why I thought three and five were the same film because they both end in a boat chase going around. Um, 
But like, <clears throat> I I just you realize like I Bubba Smith is a good actor. We've already acknowledged that on previous episodes. Like he's he's perfect for he's the role. Great. Yeah. But now that he's top billing, that kind of says something about these movies. <laughs> like, oh, oh, okay, so we've lost Gutenberg. We, you can tell like they're starting to just reshift the. Not even well, Winslow's not even top. You feel I almost feel like Michael Winslow would have been the more popular of the the cast since he did. Well, go okay. on. If, if you're putting together the credits, uh, I'm pretty sure you'd put Bubba Smith first. Just because he's so big? Yeah, because he'd be saying, I, sh- I should get first billing, shouldn't I? Are you going to disagree with Bubba Smith? Are you? No, no, I would d- never, ever disagree with Bubba Smith, because that man is awesome, but at the same time, he, he, would, he would scare me. So, so the first note I have, and this is, well, first of all, hello, Janet Jones. Yes. You are the Mahoney girlfriend in this movie. Yep. Because, um, you know, I learned the best way to pick up women at the beach is to walk up to them and start giving them a massage. <laughs> I was about to make a note about how freaking creepy that is, and it is then so she, creepy. And then she flips them into the pool, and I went, "Okay, movie, you've already you've already acknowledged that." You've that's acknowledged creepy. it's creepy, but she sticks around with him and like becomes the Mahoney girlfriend. Like, like, no connection, no development of relationship at no. all. But they're together. Like, there's that, there's that scene at the pool when she flips it. When he, when he's when uh, when no uh, Mahone, Nick, no Mahone, uh, <laughs> no Mahone. Like, we should come up with a better name for that. But when he, when it's obvious. Which, by the way, it's obvious he is supposed to be Mahoney. Yeah, the fake Mahoney. Yep. If 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 real Mahoney had actually come back, if Gutenberg had come back. That would have been him. Yes. They, yep. they literally just went, oh no, we're just going to change it so that way it's Lassard's Captain Lassard's nephew. nephew? Yeah. yeah. We're just going to change that and that he's in Miami. Okay, what, and we'll give him a little quick intro. And, okay, fine. There yeah. you go. That's Mahone. And like left everything else. Because yep. everything else that he does in it is in more fitting for Mahoney than it is for Nick. Now, I do know that because Gutenberg didn't, they asked him to come back. And because he said no, they already had the script and they just adapted yep. it into Nick. So I, I'm well aware. But they didn't try making it into another character. They literally no. just gave an intro and then left the rest of the script <laughs> as Mahoney. Because even like the trick he pulls on uh, Harris on the beach by writing Dork, that's... Why Dork. does Nick? Why does Nick freaking care? He right. shouldn't. He's known. Like, he's got an instant connection with all these. Yeah, troops. Like boom, like that. Like immediately, he's just part of the group at that point. And and, I, and let, let's just talk about fashion sense for a little bit. Yeah. No shirt, swim trunks, socks and shoes on a beach. That sounds great. Doesn't it sound fantastic? Because that's what that's what he wore. He, that's what he wore. I, he and is he's stationed in Miami, which means that he should know. What you would wear? It's not like and, he's and he from, should have a much you know like he should like his skin should be much more uh, used to the sun and all that. <laughs> Let's just when they cast Matt McCoy to replace Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, it's not like Steve Gutenberg. You looked at him and go, that guy is cool. Yeah, you know Steve Gutenberg is like okay, he seems like a normal guy. He, Gutenberg but, very much so looks like but, just like an average Joe. Right, but he's not like this cool guy like the you know you're not drawn to him type mm-hmm. of thing. They found an actor that just is awkward <laughs> and dorky, just to say that, you know, just to, yeah, yeah. I mean, he is just so weird. This is the same actor that played Lloyd Braun on Seinfeld. Oh, and yeah. Lloyd Braun was a very awkward character on the show. That he Perfect. was he was the one who went crazy, who bought all that gum for Jerry. 
who. Uh, so what you're saying is that Seinfeld cast the correct actor, right? <laughs> for that role. Where it's like, well, what were they thinking? Like this guy kind of looks like Steve Gutenberg. I feel like they brunette. did. He's got a full head of hair. It's not curly. He does. He does though have a little bit more of the '80s. Everyday, like good-looking type guy. So, like Jeff Goldblum, sex, uh, yes, sex object, sex object. You know, like he's he's like he's along those lines. Like I can see what they did. They tried getting like another because he's not bad-looking. I mean, he's not an ugly guy. What? Why are you looking at me funny now? <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you talking about Jeff Goldblum? Or? Yeah, what? No, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's a sex object. We just announced that. Uh, I a- have that. 80s. 80s, 80s sex, object. sex object. Still in the I, 90s. I, I think the 80s is a very hairy era. Oh, yes. They, lots of hair. Yeah, lots of hair. And that was sexy. Because you yes. look at Burt Reynolds and Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck and it's... Uh, you can even uh, Dustin, not not Dustin Hoffman. Uh, oh my goodness, Baywatch. Why am I spacing on his name? Um, oh, uh, I'm letting you do it. No, no. It. What are you doing to me? Stop this. This is this is horrible. Welcome to the next 25 minutes when Jeff tries to remember the name of the actor he's thinking of. David Hasselhoff. Thank you, David. I kept the, see. I had Michael the Knight. Michael Knight. That's what I went. No, I. Uh, I oh man, just I, I yeah. You can see that they they tried. I feel like they they kind of tried to be like we have to replace Steve Gutenberg, but he's only in these two films, right? He's not in the last one. No, Nick he's never not. comes back. No, no. And we'll get to that when we get to six because <clears throat> there's a lot. Well, let, let's speak. Let, let's take a step back. Yep. We've said goodbye to Mahone. Yep. But we need to say goodbye to a couple more characters. I let you do that. I didn't. I didn't write them down, so well, I can't Bob, remember which Bob ones. Bobcat. Bobcat left. That's right. And uh, Sweet Chuck was no well. Longer. And they and they figured since he's not here, mm-hmm. there's no reason to have Sweet Chuck. So they didn't even attempt. When Bobcat said, "No, I'm done," and when Bobcat Goldway is saying, "No, I, I this is too I think much. this is going too far." Yeah, <laughs> that's saying that's something. saying something. <laughs> like as a studio, Warner Brothers should have been like. Should we keep doing these? <laughs> we, should, when should we stop, guys? <laughs> but, yeah, so no sweet Chucky there. But basically, everybody else is back. Hooks yeah, is there. Hooks is there. Um, Hightower. Jones, Hightower, Tackleberry. Lassard, obviously. Lassard. Harrison Proctor. Which, okay. Proctor we, is mm. becoming sad, sad, sad in this one. I mean, it's, it looked like he's a little bit of comic relief in a comedy. Yep. Which uh. I don't get. When you need to have a character be the comic relief and you have a comedy, yep. that's, that says something about your movie, I think. There's, and this is, this is we're, we kind of get into, um, we kind of start getting into the, the, my general beef about this franchise at this point. Because this is, this is it, it's, it's very evident now. Like we've discussed in the past, like part one is kind of a spoof movie. It's kind of like an airplane. Yeah. It's kind of along those lines. But it's, it's, it's jokes that are done correctly. You have serious characters. Things are played out seriously yep. just with some funniness, like with like a funny side to it. And that's what is funny about it. You start getting into these, they start becoming weirder like slapstick comedies, like an attempt to be a slapstick comedy. And just kind of goofy and oh look they're doing funny things <laughs> and it's when you get to that point it's not funny anymore it's awkward well, and because you, you just you start you start having like these these weird lot of very physical humor mm-hmm. the dropping of the of the golf balls as Lassar is walking through the airport and people are slipping and falling and doing pratfalls and you know falling down it's like okay 
that's funny for maybe like the first the first one of them and it just stretches on for like yep. two and a half minutes and because of that joke is one of the many reasons why we get to the whole other classic 80s trope of a plot dev- plot line which we kind of sk- we, we didn't skip real quick oh. um with the bad guys yes it's the whole idea that the good guy and the bad guy the bad guys who are trying to just who who have already committed a crime and are just trying to get to the to their headquarters or whatever, have a bag that matches identically to the good guy's bag, and in just this moment happenstance, they exchange bags but don't realize it. Right. That eighties plot trope. The man with one red shoe just always happens that that whole and then at that point now the bad guys who would rather just not have anything to do with the good guys have to go after the good guys in order to get their item back and they get scared of Lassard yeah because they think he's some sort of genius genius mastermind who keeps thwarting all their attempts and let's just say Lassard packed his goldfish yes Packed his goldfish and then left his goldfish in that bag because it was like easily a day later if after not he more, got to the hotel. If not minimally a day before he looks in the bag to take his goldfish out. <laughs> that fish is dead. That fish is flat out dead. It's a fillet at this point. <laughs> that was my first thought when he when he pulled him when he went to go like, oh, let's feed you now. I'm like, it's been like a week. What yeah. in the hell? <laughs> Why have you not fed your goldfish until now? <laughs> Oh my goodness! I don't know if, if if that goldfish has anything of like Lassard's powers of being able to just survive crap. I'm and, not and, surprised. And it has survived the first five. <laughs> That's so. true of the ridiculousness that yes. has happened to that damn fish. So the, the 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 other character I do want to bring up, House. Okay, who I feel like was replacing Zed. Like I feel like I feel like I feel like they brought House in because the studio realized we don't have Zed, so let's bring House in and then just change it all to fat jokes. Well, fat and like strength joke, but it's like he's barely in it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it starts out with like a graduation, which yeah, my, that scene. I my note was I felt like that scene was the end of an unseen police academy movie. Right, right. Like, because that was literally the end graduation ceremony yes. of like the first number one, of yeah. number one, and I'm like, there's probably a better because they're playing gags out like, yep. like there was all these adventures and stories that we should have been laughing at because it's like, ha ha, they're make referencing to it, but it's a bunch of new cadets we've never seen, and the only one that's really introduced is House because it's the only one that has a nickname, and he's this big guy who is really from, big guy who is from four, was he in four? Was he four? He was with David Spade. Was that four or was that three? Oh, yeah, because he was kind of in there, yeah. That was, Where he that was, vanished after yeah. the, the, yep. the van sequence? So we know what he did. He yeah. went back and he graduated. <laughs> but it's like... David Spade is still on the run. He's very <laughs> much just a, uh, a character that just shows up when he has to. Right. You know, barely in it. He is only there for the fat and strength jokes. Yeah, Which, that, really, you don't need the strength jokes, because that's what Bubba Smith's Smith, yeah. character was for. And we'll get into that in six. Oh my goodness! But <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the welcome to the string of this franchise where we are literally just going to be complaining about these movies. If you haven't guessed it by now, these aren't that good. I, I think five is five, five might is be better. the worst. Oh, you think five is better? Than I six? laughed twice at six. Okay, that's twice more than I did. Yes, <laughs> I laughed twice at six, so I, I was pretty I, proud of myself. I did not laugh in six. I, I, Period. I, I did write down when I laughed. I have okay, no. Okay, I would but, like to know what they were. But, but uh, l- let's finish 
five. Let's first. do that. I want to say like another big thing I noticed is that oh my goodness, five the Jaws spoof at the beach. They they spoof Jaws, which why? First off, this is what eighty eight. Didn't this one come out in eight? Yeah, this one yep, came out in eighty eight. So Jaws at this point, the first one, which is. I, which I think is the sequence they're kind of spoofing because it's the whole kid on the raft going out and the shark coming after him. Right. That's been 10, 11 years. So that'd be like that'd be like us making a spoof of like the first Transformers movie. Well, I guess the Transformers are still around. And I guess Jaws were still around at this point because yes. they were already in the three. But it's like... And I always thought the Transformers movies were a spoof of the cartoon. I They pretty much are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But no, like that that scene felt that scene felt really out of place. Cause I'm like, why are they spoofing <sighs> Jaws? Well Why are they doing that? Yes, but in each movie you need a scene where Tackleberry points a gun and says something threatening to somebody. Tells him to get out of here, mister. Yeah. <laughs> and this because they're at the beach, they went. Shark. Shark. It has to be a shark. Yep. Couldn't be, I don't know, a guy being a dick on the beach. Couldn't be, you know. Well, we already had the scene in two where the big truck is driving through uh, and Mahoney kind of takes care of them. True. So then, according to that logic, we should not have had any scenes on a beach in this movie, period. (laughs) But it's like, okay, these are policemen. Right. Police people from an unknown city. Could be New York, could be L.A. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's really ambiguous. Outside of their <laughs> jurisdiction. Oh, yeah. Well outside of their well jurisdiction. Outside. They have, you know, huge guns. At least Tackleberry does. Yep. They're basically acting as police. They're acting as police in a city that they should not be police people in. Nope. That they should have no right to have, to have anything. <laughs> um, yeah, it is... Um, uh, awkward in that sense. I, uh, another thing I want to know is, so we, we briefly touched on Harrison Proctor, and this will come up also in part six, too. But um, they have a weird relationship between those two guys, those two characters. And more yes. so, the more you see them together, the more you realize that we're, I've really, I'm really starting to feel like you're supposed to pretend that Mauser was just Harris. He's never left. Like, the way that these two are acting, most, excuse me, mostly because of a line... In six, I'm gonna jump ahead real quick. When they're sitting in, the, in so real quick in Police Academy Six, because Proctor makes the comment that they're related by marriage. <laughs> Harris and Proctor mm. are related by marriage, like because his niece married Proctor. Proctor's sister or something like that, or brother. Sorry, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> no, but like apparently, like they're related. But going in part five. During the sequence when they're at the bar and uh, Proctor, or sorry, Harris is hitting on the women, I always kind of pictured Harris as being like married and had a family. You know, you never, I guess you never really brought it up, but I just always pictured him not being like a single ladies man. They tried turning his character, and this is my biggest beef, they tried turning Harris and Proctor's character into the, what I would count as the main focus, like the main characters of this. Yeah. And turn them into, going back to what you were saying, the comic relief of a comedy. And everybody else kind of just has moments, but it's primarily turning into the Harrison Proctor show. And it doesn't work, because those characters were not intended, at least Harris was not intended to be that 
char- that type of a character, that long going comic comic relief. Mm-hmm. Proctor, yes, Proctor was made to be the comic relief, the comic like the comic sidekick of Mauser. So for the Mauser being serious, you would have Proctor kind of make a stupid, silly comment, and then okay, that's it. But they're not intended to be these long-form joke people, and well, that's what's ruining. That's what's that, horrible. That's part of the problem, too, is like in the first film, you have a handful of straight characters. Right. Even Kamehameha Lassard is a straight character. Yep. You got Harris as a straight character. You know, just, just they're the ones that the comedy is bouncing off of. Right. And then the comedy's good because right. you have the straight man to play off of. You have none of... There's no straight man in in this film at all. Because even... Everyone's a joke. Even the freaking commissioner is becoming a comedy and a joke guy in these mm-hmm. films. Like, he was... He was this... He was, like, the epitome serious straight character in yes. the first one. And now he's being goofy and, you know, and making funny faces and, and doing stuff like that. And it's like... Yeah, I... I feel like the writers of this film never watched the first four, first off. <laughs> I really do. I'm probably saying this, and they're probably like the writers of two or something like that. Um, <laughs> but like they, I feel like they've never written it, and they don't know how to write comedy. They just started making goofy, just like everything's a joke. Every scene needs to just be funny. There's no, there's no, because the bad guys are goofy and funny. Yep. Even the guy that they're working for kind of is a little goofy, like... No one is serious in this movie. No. The closest you get to anybody being serious is uh, Janet Jones' character. Janet Jones? Yeah. Okay, I said that right. <laughs> like, she's the closest in this one. You That's get just to because being... she has barely any lines. Yeah. And... and never wears undergarments. No, no. I mean, so this, yeah. That's also, by the way, that's the closest you get to it being an 80s movie right there. Just throwing the, The limbo scene? The limbo scene, yeah. Jeez Louise. They had to add a dark filter in post-production. Or else it would have been an 80s, and then it would have fit Dan Casey's 80s comedy. Nobody thought. Mrs. Wayne Gretzky. She's a very attractive lady. She uh. is. <laughs> I'm not going to say she's much of an actress. No, not really. <laughs> uh, but but I, I don't think that this movie uh, is one to put on a resume as far as, see, I can act. Yeah. Because <laughs> look, look at Police Academy 5. <laughs> yes, watch that movie. That's my best film. I will. I have one more, uh, one more note <clears throat> that about the film that uh, I, I jotted down, and then uh, I have like one or one more note or something like that. Oh no, no, no! He did mention it in this one. Sorry, Proctor and Harris are related by marriage. It was in this. It was in part five, not part six. Okay, good. Then we um, stayed on topic. Yeah, we stayed on topic. Um, the um, the the one thing, the one scene, the one part that I liked the most, truthfully, out of this film was once Lassard is captured by the bad guys. Yep. And he's up in the hotel room and he's basically helping the bad guys because he thinks it's all just an okay. exercise. Right, right. That part of the film I did kind of enjoy because I, I liked them being, you know, like the bad guy saying something and Lassard going, actually, no, I think you probably should. Like, that was kind of funny. It was, yes. kind, of, it was kind of cool to see Lassard just be, he's helpful and he's just so absent-minded that he doesn't realize these are actual bad guys. That sequence was pretty funny. Um, they did bring back the whole him in his chair thing, rolling or like rolling around in the in the in the wheelchair. I just I I that scene I did I did chuckle at a couple times, and I did laugh at this one a few times throughout. I liked the bad guys. I just wish they weren't freaking <laughs> the Three Stooges. I wish I wish the main did, guy. Did you recognize the main guy? The main guy's the guy from Deep Space Nine or one of the Star Trek movies. He's also in Benson. Is he in Benson? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, he, he, I know him. I just don't recognize him because he's got the black slick back hair and a big bushy mustache. That's not how I've rec- I've seen him before, and that's what threw me off. Um, yeah, because he's Deep Space Nine. I think is this from Star Trek. I'm looking. Sorry, IMDb is being really slow right now. Why won't you say his name? I can't pronounce that. Are you kidding me? It's uh, uh, Renee Abergenois. <laughs> that works. Yeah, Deep Space Nine. He was Odo. That's sorry, my. Geekiness. I haven't watched all of Star Trek's, but I know him from that. But he barely recognized. <laughs> I him showed from that. my age by saying Benson. Yeah, we people are like Ben. What people say? People that. know Star Trek. Just do the Star Trek one, and everyone. <laughs> no. Um, so um, I have one question. One quick question that I want to pose to you. Okay. Do you think <laughs> the biggest? Um, the biggest. Driving force behind more sequels for this franchise are the people who created the first one just so they continue to get royalty checks every once in a while. Because they're well, on, I mean, it's always the based upon characters created by, and well, you know it, they get royalties. For and, these. Well, and he's in, so the guy who created the first one has been involved in all of these. Mm-hmm. He's been involved in Paul Majewski or whatever. Like that. He's been, he's been the, the driving force. So you think all these. he is the reason why they kept making them? <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, I mean, cause he was, I mean, let's look at this. Who, who costs the most? Like as, as an actor, who costs the most? For the guess, for, for, for this film. For, for this one? For this film. I mean, Harris? Probably. G.W. Bailey? Yeah. Because he'd be the one that would be the most established out or, of Or everybody. Lassard. Because yeah. Punky Brewster was going on this time, wasn't it? Yeah. So I suppose he, on that. Was, he would have been on that. But really, we're... There's, no, there's nobody in the movie where you're like, oh, that's the... You know, that's the Steve Gutenberg of the of right. the film, where it's like he's getting the most money because he's now the biggest star. And and you and could argue maybe Boba Smith might be getting up there now. I'm not gonna say no to a raise if he Ex- has to. exactly. But like, so and, and another, so yeah, so I don't, I don't, I think the driving force was the studio looking at this is gonna be cheap to make, right? Um, you know, and we're getting people coming, and we can make it even cheaper because we don't need good sound for this. Mm-mm. Mm. You can clearly tell by them by 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 Warner Brothers losing Steve Gutenberg, so you lost your expensive actor, star star in it by getting rid of that by no longer being able no longer filming at the uh, the the police academy location <clears throat> by putting it elsewhere, especially in six six is really noticeable. But like by putting it elsewhere. Um, you can tell that they're starting to cut the budget down. Like yep. you can see, they're like, "Oh, well, we don't need to pay the expensive cost of the location anymore. We don't need to pay Gutenberg anymore. Right. We don't need to do this. Let's cut back on the sound. Let's just do it on the soundstage." Like you can see that they, their financial people, they probably, they, they might not have wanted to do more after the fourth one since the budget started, or like the budget, but since the box office numbers started coming down. But once they started looking into, well, how can we do it cheaper? Mm-hmm. Then you could, you could, they could probably like, okay, fine, yeah, we could do this for six million because we're losing all this other crap. We don't need to worry. Well, and who knows? I mean, Warner Brothers was doing pretty well in the late eighties. Yeah, you know, Batman was just about to come out and be huge for them, but they they had some really good. So it's like they can. All right, we can throw some some money to this 
to this franchise because you know what? It's a comedy. We were not doing a lot of comics because they were doing, I think, a lot of action, action Batman, films. Batman, Lethal Weapon, because Lethal Weapon would already been out at this point. Yep. Yep. So, so they, you know, they they have that end of it. So I can see Warner Brothers just going, yeah, we need some comedies out this year too to kind of cover our bases. Warner um, Brothers, the people who own Looney Tunes, for the longest time. Did not do comedies. <laughs> no. They did real... Like, Pee-wee's Big Adventure is a Warner Brothers movie in 84, 83, 84, uh, early 80s. Um, <clears throat> but it's, again, it's a low-budget comedy because Warner Brothers was big on... If they did comedies, they were, like, next to nothing. You don't get right. a budget. And I, guess, I think that's still actually true today well, for the most part. 80s comedies were definitely like that. It's like you might have one big star or one up-and-coming yep. up star. Just to be the... The face The face of it, of right. It. Yep. I mean, because look at... Um, um, I, I, this is different, in a way, because it's a follow-up, but Caddyshack 2... Oh, yeah. Like also tout, Warner Brothers. Yeah. ...touted Chevy Chase... In and it, he's in it for like five minutes. Five minutes, it? and like he, you know, like Dan Aykroyd replaces <laughs> Bill Murray, which is a funny thing. But it's like it's, you know, just, just I, I think Warner Brothers just did not know how to do comedies after after some because they they struck gold with the original Police Academy, yep. struck gold with the original Caddyshack. Warner Brothers has an issue doing sequels, sequels yes. to their their hit films in a lot of cases, not all the time. Again. They are also very much so the franchise like studio like <laughs> what of studio the 80s. is it now? Yeah, well nowadays that's yeah. exactly it. But in the eighties, it was it was pretty much Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers also had a connection to New Line, which New Line was doing all the horror movies, right? And you know, so was Paramount. But pretty much Warner Brothers was the franchise company. Yeah, whether or not those franchises were successful after the second, they could they kept doing and it. And just think, like how much <laughs> Disney struggled oh yeah during in the this 80s time. Holy in this crap. time frame and now little mermaid is the reason disney is still around right now right. they got lucky on a movie at the last like possible second <laughs> this is their last chance <laughs> and now they're the number one they're the biggest they're company. the biggest by far it's yeah. not even close <laughs> which and, is so hilarious and they're not going away but one, one last note to get, get back to police academy oh, yeah. and then we should probably move on to part six yep i got the transition song all oh, lined fantastic. up fantastic there's a song you're doing a transition. Well, we should transition song. between five and six. We should do Is it. Is it the limbo music? No. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> Jones. Like, Michael Winslow is so talented. Mm -hmm. So talented. But the writing has just gotten lazier and lazier yep. for him. Yep. And he's using his skills. In situations that just don't ever work. Are we going to talk about the airport scene? The airport scene, where he is standing 20 feet behind Harris trying to go through the metal detector, and he's just standing there going, boop, or whatever. Yep. And it's like, there's no way that they're hearing all this. A, he is apparently really good at able to throw his, throw voice. his voice. B... Apparently that means that metal detector doesn't actually freaking work, because... It should light up as well. Um, yeah. And <laughs> There's see, lights on it. Like, you can see the lights. Those TSA people are just idiots. Or TSA? Can, Is that who they would call? Yeah, I mean, that's who does it now. I don't know who did it then. Yeah, so, because she's sitting there just like going, yep, okay, that was obviously the device that I work with every single yep. day. Please put your thing in my... And again, I get it. It's supposed to be a joke. It's supposed to be funny, but... No, why would anybody let him do that and be? It wouldn't work the way it's shown. That's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it was. It's just frustrating because it's like in the first film, he used it so well. Yep. 
Um, you know, I mean, you had the video game scene, and then in the second one, you had the boombox scene. Yeah. And both of those were brilliant. Yep. And then they got away from that. Yep. And now it's the just... The third one was the, uh, was the fighting was the was the was the badly dubbed fighting yeah, sequence? Yeah, but that is the joke that now has been in every single yep. film since. Yep, like that's the one that like let's keep doing that one. And then is the next the next one's with the okay yeah the one in the next one the one in the next one he is is better yeah because that's actually part of his shtick like his actual stand up yeah and we'll get to and that. we'll get to that one so I but I well, yeah I will agree so, like it becomes that so since this is duplical this is duplical. Just this, been drinking. I've been welcome to five to eleven in the morning. I've been drinking since nine p.m. last night. Kool mm-hmm. So, ah, coffee's hot. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> he spilled on himself. Oh my goodness! We need to make this a vodcast so that people can see this. No, people don't want to see this. <laughs> I mean, this well, is, you're right. You're right. I this mean, is terrifying. I know, and it is before noon, so you're in your underwear doing this podcast, which is awkward. I don't know how Lindsay did it with you. Well, to be honest. she got used to it. Let's just say, I suppose. I'm a pretty attractive gentleman without pants. I guess that's okay. Awkward moment. So anyway, <laughs> on to this. So now we've already said on four. We're done. We're done. So now five comes out. Now we were we were completely both of us were redeemed by three. True. We were done at two, redeemed by three, done at four. Does five bring you back? Does five is this the Star Trek movie franchise or every other one is good? So <laughs> I will have two answers to this. <laughs> and it depends upon the time frame that we're in. <clears throat> if we are in the eighties if we are we are full blown in the eighties, right. and this one comes out, it's a beach movie. All right, there's a lot of movies that take place at the beach. <sighs> All right, what the hell? Let's just go take a look at it. But I begrudgingly go. <laughs> I absolutely begrudgingly go because of what you just said. I was burned on two and on four, and I was done at four. Especially now, also because now I look at the poster and I go, oh. Gutenberg's not in this. Right. So they got rid of Mahoney. Is that going to be any good? Like, at least he was kind of the redeeming quality. Plus, you like Zed and Sweet Chuck. You like their... I see. they're gone. All the people that I liked are not in this movie. Mm. There's one left. Well, there is one left. But it's like, (laughs) uh, you know, I've seen... Okay. So... (laughs) There is one left. Um, And that's the sole reason I continue to watch. Anyways, like, so, like, but I do see that it's it's not the same people. At least with, at least with four, or sorry, at least with three, they were still in it. Yes. Those characters were there still. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll go back. This one, I don't think so. I don't think I'll go. I I said begrudgingly, but I'm not happy about it. And then I walked out just hating it. Are you paying? Are you not going to it in the main theater, but waiting for it to come in the budget theater? Yes, actually, yes. That would be where I I would not see this on like opening. I'm not going to rush out to get my (laughs) ticket for Police Academy 5. I don't think anybody did. I don't think anyone (laughs) did. No, according to the box office, I don't think anybody did. No, I'm not. I'm not rushing out. I'm not. I don't care anymore at this point. I have yep. lost my interest, especially since I see there's not actors coming back. Because now I'm just like, oh, you're just pumping these out it, for fun. Now it's all it's all side characters now. Yeah. It's all secondary characters that are becoming the main characters. And uh, it doesn't matter the franchise. That never works. Nope. That never works. It's usually the downfall of a sitcom. Yep. When 
the side character that was only supposed to be there for a couple episodes takes over the Joe the the entire show. Are you talking about Family Matters? I'm talking about <laughs> Steve Urkel. Yes, yeah, I knew you were. <laughs> I, that, that's one of the best examples, I think, of just a character who was only supposed to be in it for a couple became so popular right. with somebody that they by the end. The whole Winslow family. The Winslow family were barely in it. Barely in it. It's all about Urkel. It, like, and Laura. Urkel and Laura with an occasional Carl appearance. Yes. And that was it. That was it. And it's like, okay, so they were trying to they were trying to go towards their audience and just but and, and threw away, which is very reminiscent of this film. Yeah. They tried going a direction that they thought people wanted. Mm-hmm. And ultimately they ditched what made the thing good to begin with. And we're, and are so far gone. It yep. is a it is part five of this series is in my eyes is a photocopy of a photocopy. So we're on like third generation quality, and it's so falling apart. It's so yep. like you you watch one and then you skip to five. They're completely different movies. You go right. oh well, there's some of the same characters, but. This isn't anything like part nope. one. And could you argue though that that is over? That's because it's been. Well, it's only been four years, hasn't it? It's been it? four years. Never mind. God, I, th- I was thinking like Police Academy was like 80. But no, 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 no. These came out every year starting at 84 was the first one, and 85, 86, 87, 88, 89. So you can't even argue that it's a change in the times. Like if it was like 1980, or if it was like Police Academy was like 78, 79, yeah. and then this is 80, so this is 10 years later, okay, I could argue that different era, just a change in hit plays. Like a lot of crap happened in the right. 80s, I'm well aware. And like, it's just different mentality. This is four years later. Four and years later. It's a completely later. different film. Yeah. Like, this isn't anything like part one. That's yep. horrible. It so is. So, what about you? Do you think there should be? Do you think there should be more? Do you no. think there should? No, 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 no. <laughs> Knowing where we're going and, with six. <laughs> and again, I just want to reiterate: I am sorry. I apologize Thank you so much for making you watch these. Um, cause I, I'm, I'm feeling, I mean, to be honest, I feel more sorry for myself because <laughs> you had, a I, cause them. I suggested these and I can't be mad at anybody but myself. And I am, <laughs> I am furious <laughs> at furious myself. At yourself, huh? I am furious. I sent myself to the room after watching five, <laughs> no internet for a week. New penalty and new, new punishment is you have to watch five. <laughs> I mean, this is this is why we we are late on our recording because I grounded myself for a week for a week and I can't believe you did that. I can you can't horrible person. you can't did you see five? I did see five and it took I mean, me forever to get through six. <laughs> do, do do you think it's a little bit of a severe punishment maybe that I gave myself? Is that why you're saying that? Like, no 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 I think you didn't give yourself enough time. <laughs> <laughs> you I didn't like want to be later though. I didn't <laughs> want to be like three weeks late. People would forget. Like folks, so we're not going to release this episode for a good month and a half because Chris is grounded, Chris is grounded because he made us watch these movies. Yep. <laughs> no, I, I I I agree. This at this point in the franchise. So already, so this is this is as far in or we uh, the Die Hard movies were five entries. Yes. So we are right now <clears throat> at the current length of the Die Hard movies, and we hated five. Five is horrible because it's nothing like part one. No, we terrible. still have two more of these to go I through. Know. I I am just glad that I will be on record. Uh, you know, I'll have the record for the longest franchise. Yep. Until we get into uh, like I don't know. 
Oh, any it's, of the horror movies. Any of the horror movies. Oh, but man. but I don't see anyone getting into that. Anytime soon. Anytime soon, yeah. Uh, that'll be the next one. So welcome to next week when we start the Nightmare on Elm Street films. No, uh, so <clears throat> with part five done and we agree that there is no more of these that we would be interested in seeing. Right. We'll, t- we'll transition because guess what, folks? There is another one. This is. A, I don't. I think I like this slightly better than the uh, Blue Oyster Bar theme song, which didn't appear. Was also gone. Yeah, the Blue Oyster was retired. Was retired. <coughs> but we should move into Police Academy Six. What was the title? Oh, um. Oh man, City sh- Under Siege. City Under Siege. I should have looked up the title before I started saying that. City Under Siege released the next year. Yep. Well, just so everyone knows, because some people were asking. Yep. This is the theme for Police Academy. Yep. Played at the beginning and the end of all the movies, except for six. Except for six, which didn't have it, and it felt oddly out of place. <laughs> now it gets so, creepy music. Yeah. <laughs> it gets creepy, suspenseful music. All right, so epi- uh, so part six of the Police Academy franchise. Um, let me go ahead and just re... Uh, I'm trying to figure out what the... Uh, yeah, the you line. have the plot for this one. I'm going to sit back and just let you watch you struggle with this one. So basically... There is uh, there is crimes happening. There's crimes happening in the city. <laughs> Go figure. There's a there's a crime spree happening in the city, and what they end up doing is what they. Uh, oh man. Well, the Washington Heights gang. The Washington Heights gang. So you're even remembering more of it. I just I saw. Know. Yeah, I just watched it yesterday. Oh, so it's still fresh in your mind. Yeah. Um, it's not so much for me. Um, but basically, there is a. Uh, there's a there's a citywide crime crime wave that is happening by the Washington Heights gang, and they're trying to and then the police academy is just trying to figure out what's going on. There's a mysterious shadowy figure that's behind the whole thing, which I will say right now is the one thing I actually kind of liked about this movie. It basically had the same plot as Roger Rabbit. Yep, I think that is why it has. All right, so that's basically the plot, and then the, the police got me come in. But basically, it almost starts going towards this like noir esque, like nineteen thirties mystery. Like they tried pushing it a different direction, yep. and I do like that element. That aspect of <coughs> six is the one thing I enjoy. That the bad guy is some shadowy figure that you don't know who it is. It's a proper mystery because you don't know who it is until the end. Though they do hint at who it is. Yeah, you, you know like who it ten is. Ten times. In you, the film. you know who it is. Yeah. So first of all, let's just—they are now considered an elite team. So Harris and Proctor, in the beginning of the film, are on a stakeout, and where where Exposition Harris says, "Oh my I am so glad <laughs> that I finally was able to transfer away." From Lassard and group, because now I'm captain in my own place. Why didn't that not happen in, like, part two? Well, which it now, did. Which now negates what happened. What the hell happened in part two and three? Where was he at now? If uh, he could finally... Well, he was back at the police academy still. Oh, that's right. Because two right. and three are kind of away from the academy, although three is back. So he's, but anyway, he's there somewhere. Yeah, anyway. Keep going. So the mayor, because Harris and Proctor are not able to solve this crime spree of a gang of three, mind you, three people in the Washington Heights gang are causing this this, this huge, huge, huge citywide crime spree. Mm-hmm. Three people. Three people. 
three. Three people. And apparently, well, you know why that they're causing this. Because in that opening sequence, there's not a damn person on that street. Right. No one is around this city. This city is a ghost town. That's how come three people can manage this <laughs> whole crime spree. spree. <laughs> um, so, Which also very noticeably on the back lots. This yes. movie, be, this movie, they moved away from filming on actual city streets. This is all they back are lots. flat out on back. They're at the Universal one and the the Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers one. Yeah. Like the entire movie. <laughs> Sorry, that was anyway. my one. That was my note of you would see they're getting cheaper and yes. cheaper because they're just filming on the back lot. They're like, no, we're not going in public anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, Lassard's team is brought in as like elite elite members because they'll solve it. And, and then they allow Fackler. Your favorite. I have that note. Oh. Jeff's favorite is back. My God. Fackler. Why? Who? Who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> Which then made me start thinking about the production of this film. And I went, okay, who didn't want to come back? What actor didn't want to return to the franchise? And they just started going down their list of previous actors in this who have been a part of the series. And then they just got to the guy who played Fackler and then went, all right, do you want to be back? And he was the only one that said yes. Yeah. Like, that's, that is exactly, it is that cameo. He hasn't been in it since, what, three? Two? Right. Like, it's been a while since he's been in this. And, and, and we also welcome back the old woman from two. Yes. For a 30 second cameo working at a art gallery. Gallery, yeah. (laughs) Like, okay. But, but I was, I, I made the note. And you can see Jeff's favorite is back too, Fackler. <laughs> I, I could not. I when that happened, I went, "Are you freaking kidding me?" <laughs> He's the one. I do like. Okay, <clears throat> some acknowledgement. Like I do like that when he is walking through the police academy, or the, the 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 precinct later on in the movie, yes. and like everyone's like narrowly avoiding him yes. to prevent. Okay. That was clever because it's like they finally learned that he's a freaking klutz and he's yes. going to set the entire building on fire yes. if you just touch him. Yeah, he's got like the grabs all the dynamite and yep. immediately let's take those away from you. I do admit, like there is, but it, it, then it becomes very self-referential because it's it's the characters are even aware of the character that he is and. Okay, okay, all right. I will just humor that idea. And I do think that was kind of funny. Um, I do it real quick before we leave Harrison Proctor because they are, like you said, at the beginning, they're on that stakeout right in front of where they think this thing's going to happen. And again, classic, just idiot, bad guy, not bad guy, but idiot, like uh, antagonist plot thing. Like he won't let Proctor. Get out the spiel. Proctor should just shout, they're behind us. Right. Like, he needs well, to. Well, <laughs> Harris needs to listen to Proctor Harris more. Harris needs to listen. Harris doesn't listen to Proctor. Proctor is on top of things many, many times. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And if Harris would just listen to him, Harris could have solved this crime a long time ago. But then, that's not funny, Chris. Because <laughs> it's obviously funny that Proctor is they're 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 trying to go with with Harrison Proctor. They turned Harrison Proctor into the Martin and Lewis, the Abbott and Costello, the they're the Laurel and Hardy. That's who they're trying More to like be. Like the Costello Costello. Yeah. A Costello against a lesser Costello. Yeah. Like this what that's what they tried making them. They made they tried making them into the comic like comic relief. Again, yeah, like you said, the comic relief duo of a comedy movie. Yep. Which is just mm, that's not uh, I just hate well, it. 
And okay. And so I, I will say I like six better than five. Okay. And I'll get into reasons why. Yeah. I'm, cu- I'm really curious to know why. I, I, I'm not saying it was good. Okay, let's just make this clear. Just, in a comparison between five and six, you would watch six it's, before it's, five. It's like those. It's like those awful jelly beans you can buy. <laughs> Which is better, earwax or vomit? One of them you're gonna like better than the other, the other one. One's less they crappy. Both are terrible, <laughs> but one is gonna be better than the other. Right? <laughs> Can't be equally bad. So in this one, they're they're well. First of all, um. Sergeant Lassar transferred from Miami Beach to Mystery City. I know. For whatever reason. <laughs> Why would you leave? Maybe, maybe the socks, shoes thing was kind of outlawed there. He's like, I can't work the beach without my socks and shoes. So I'll go somewhere that appreciates socks my socks and, and shoes. shoes. Yeah, this weird tan line. No explanation. Then, no, and then he's I just made, there. I made that exact note. Nick left his place in Miami to come to wherever these movies take place at, which I think at this point, the location of the Police Academy films are kind of a joke because the skyline is... Different. The, the skyline in the first couple are Toronto, but then now they're obviously in L.A. because I think the city bank tower is visible being built in the background, which is very much so. It's the building where in Independence Day they blew it up and all that. It's very noticeable LA. But like that's in the background. But the map that's behind them in the district is is Detroit. Yep. And the street corners are New York. New York. Like I think at this point it's it's almost a joke joke that it's like, ah, we don't know where it is. It could be anywhere. It literally could just be in the it's it's the Springfield. Yes. From Simpsons. Yeah. What, oh, the place. What it's just what I don't know. It's somewhere. <laughs> they have, they're bordered by oceans on both sides of the city. Like somehow it's it's just it's this conglomerate of all the cities. Continue. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. I've been holding on to that. So one. The, the, the early on, like, again, Jones throwing his voice yep. and all that is just so terrible. So terrible. It's like getting worse and worse right. and worse. But this one, because of the crime spree of what happens in the city, there ends up being a citywide blackout as part of the whole yes. crime spree. And his, when he gets up on stage in the comedy routine, I like that scene. I will agree. I that do was like funny. that scene. That was funny because it's, it's, you can see his comedy. It's yep. like he finally started emerging as his comic self, as Michael Winslow, yep. not as Jones that can only do funny voices. Yep. Now I can, I have my own thoughts. Because he, he's doing his Jimi Hendrix guitar play. Yep. Which he does, I don't know if you, have you have you seen that? Have you seen I the have. whole version it's of so that? so good. Anybody who's listening, if they haven't, you go on YouTube and you just watch it because he does Michael like, Winslow. Like so, Jimi Hendrix. Because yeah. he does the entire like guitar Jimi Hendrix. So, oh, it's so well done. Like, you watch that going, okay, yeah, man's actually got talent. He can mimic a guitar crazily well with his voice. So, <clears throat> um, Hooks has a, a nice scene, too. What was hers in this one? So her scene is she's giving like a... Well, first of all, <clears throat> okay, she is just giving parking tickets at this point. So she hasn't really transferred up like everybody else has. Because no. that's usually like a, a lower end cut, but... For the scene, it's funny because then she's with everybody for everything else. Yep. Oh, that's right. The dick. That's right. The dick. Yeah. The, the, the guy who doesn't want her to give him the ticket. Right. And that's says, right. do you know who I am? Oh, and it's so like, 80s. My brother is. It's like, how will I know you? Mm-hmm. Can I tell Sylvester Stallone's brother from Sylvester? No. Yeah. No. But anyway. My um, sly. Sorry. But then, then 
She has a good scene where she, like, you know, the guy rips up the ticket and yep. laughs at her with the other yuppie people there. <sighs> and then she comes back with, like, 18 tickets and hands it over and just lists everything. And it's like, okay, that's a good scene. That's that's a good scene because she didn't say, you know, don't move, dirtbag. Which again. I am glad that yes. she didn't say that. Because that was her only line in, like, the first three movies. So this one, she's actually, she has that. She has that part. I'm glad um, that she's also not just behind the computer at dispatch because right. like they constantly put her there too. But the tr- the tow truck service in the city is amazing. Oh, and quick. Yeah, <laughs> I almost feel like she just drives around in a tow truck is the no. only way. Well, or with a tow truck, yeah, because like she was like handing it and the car was being towed like at the same time within seconds of her writing. She's a fast writer. She's a fast writer. And. The tow truck service is amazing yep. in this city. Boy, man, last time I called the tow truck, it took like a half hour before they showed up. And then it didn't take that long for them to, and it took them forever to hook my car up. Not that I get my car towed on a regular basis, just right. saying. It's a good way to get around without spending money on gas. Next, yes, you just tow it everywhere. <laughs> he pays for his gas, I don't pay for it. <laughs> um, can, we, can we talk really quickly the fact that Tackleberry has a kid? And? Lives with his father? Who was his father-in-law in previous movies, mind you. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, okay. Also... So possibly, like, some some people will do that. Like, I'm married, but I, I'm not going to call my wife's parents mom and dad. Right. But there is that. But you don't see his wife at all. Nope. And there's been no acknowledgement that he has had a child. You, right. This He's kid is full-grown, too. Yeah, this kid is older than... This kid <laughs> is, is... Was born... This is not from his wife, who we met in two. No. Because this kid is older than three this years old. This kid is easily, like, eight, nine years old. Right. Because he's talking, he's walking around, he's holding... A knife. A knife. A nightstick. Like, a nightstick, that's right. Yep. It's like, this is... Where was this kid... Either that or Tackleberry's jeans are just, like... Kid's grown. Like, yeah. kid popped out as a six-year-old and is now nine years old. So, let me ask you this. Who walks around in their kitchen in the dark? And makes a sandwich. And makes a sandwich in the dark. With holding a thing of milk. <laughs> and, <laughs> Holding a thing of milk. Oh. And, knife. Okay, so, let me ask you this. What do you think the medical bills are for the Tackleberry family? Uh, I yeah, feel like I, people uh, get shot a lot. Okay, sorry. I, I, he <laughs> shoots know. first and then he turns on the light. That could have been his wife. He it, could have just killed her. It could have been his father. Oh, it was. Maybe it, maybe that's where his wife went. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Tackleberry thought she was an intruder, shot her, she's dead, moving on. Like, maybe that's what happened. <laughs> it's somewhere between five and six. So if, and maybe we'll get to this in the next episode. Mm-hmm. So this is like a, uh, let's uh, note this, star this for later. If this movie were remade, could the Tackleberry character exist as he does in these movies? No, not as a good guy. Not today with the, uh, with like, just... The sensitivity about like, like gun laws and just yeah. all that stuff. Uh, he wouldn't work nowadays. I think he would just be because he's very much so. He comes across as this like gun loving nut. You yep. know, he's 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 not like non patriotic, but he's very much so the gun loving like patriotic American nut guy. Yep. And I just don't think that character would work these days. So first of all, Harris is just a shell of his former self. Oh, he's right? so like, far. Like gone. in the first movie, and then if if you we go with the theory that Mauser is Harris. Yep. He was competent. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing. He took his job seriously. Like the first movie, he's the bad guy. Kind of. Yep. Because he wants to make sure the police force stays well-trained and is, you know, they're an elite force that can help people and all that. And he doesn't think that these people that aren't 
maybe eligible to be a cop, or now they are, should be. Right. So it's like his motives are kind of good. I mean, I mean, he should be obviously more open and, and, and try to see, can these people do it if I train them properly? Can right. they do it? By now, he is he's an incompetent police he, officer. Yep. He fails at everything he does. He fails at everything he does. He points blame everywhere else where... What I don't understand is he's part of the... Well, first of all, they know a leak is happening inside the police force. Yep. And then they narrow it down to somebody on Lassard's team. So the leak was happening before Lassard's team came on. Yep. And now they've narrowed it down, and Procter & Harris are on Lassard's team to solve this. Basic police work would tell you... Let's look into Harris and Proctor and see who they're talking to. Because so far, between the two people, between between Lassar's normal team and Harris and Proctor, who tends to have more more accidents, more faults, more issues going on with it? Oh, it's Harris and Proctor. Which, by the way, real quick, another classic trope. Another quick question I have: Hasn't Lassar's team done enough good? throughout these last five films and through all these events and all these stories and proven time and time again that in the end they do the correct thing and they are right to at least warrant some kind of benefit of the doubt because they immediately point the finger at Lassard's team and be like, nope, you're all off this because you're obviously the leak. Like, I mean, immediately. I, I understand why, okay, I could see in the writing why you would suspend Lassard. Like, he's just suspended, right? I mean, okay. they, they found the stolen jewels in his office. Right, right. So, suspended. He's not fired. He's not He's fired. not being arrested. He's being... He's being, being suspended until... But the entire team? That makes no sense. That that makes no sense at all, because uh-huh. that has nothing to do with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and some other tropes, like, all of a sudden it becomes the 1950s with uh, Undercover, where, where they, they go undercover and Bubba Smith's character is a... Milkman, yeah, and Tackleberry sitting in like a 1950s taxi cab. See, it's this movie has that vibe of like a 40s and 50s, like a like a 40 like an early like a like a 40s and 50s. Cops. Yeah, like detective mystery. And I will I will say this: I will give the movie credit for attempting to put them in a situation again or kind yeah. of trying to maybe let's just let's go a different like a different style let's go like go, go a little more like this as instead of just being another cop movie i give them credit for that yes but it's really oddly out of place like there's i don't know it just it didn't feel right it didn't feel right and i don't even remember most of that that's right, because the guy gets in uh, Tackleberry's car. Car, and Tackleberry does his normal shtick. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so what... Let me ask you this question, see yep. if you noticed. What is the number one thing that dated this film? Made it look like it wasn't, you know, this was an 80s film. The number one thing. See uh, if you remember. Um, I don't remember. You want a hint? Give me a hint, yeah. Uh, Harris and Proctor are in the security truck. Oh, it dates it, though? Yeah. I know the scene. I don't know, but I don't know what you're... What, what is it? What is it? Yeah. What is it? What is the thing that dates it? 
car alarms drew people's attention. Oh, because they look out the window. They look out the window. That's Nowadays, right. car alarms go off and people people, people are annoyed by them. Yeah. People don't look at a car to see if it's being stolen. But in the in the late 80s, that actually did happen, kids. That actually, right. car alarms actually used to draw people's attention because A, not everybody had car alarms right. then. And B, that usually meant something was going on. Well, yeah. it probably meant that the car alarm was too sensitive and it was going off accidentally like it does now. That was but, a very common gag, like in the late 80s through like the mid 90s, because that even shows up in the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, so it's like, it's one of those things that's like, that dates it, because that would not draw that attention for that long no. for that joke to work. Which, by the way, that is their entire. That's what the bad guys use to distract them is a car alarm. Yes. Which, that that whole heist of stealing <laughs> the entire thing, which, by the way, very cartoony, park the vehicle on top Again, of Again, this. this is Roger Rabbit. It's totally Roger Rabbit. Which, I'm also sorry, um, a truck like that is not... That means they had to cut through, like, all the pipes and all they the... They had a laser cutter. And all the exhaust system and everything in order to get... Because, I'm sorry, there's it's not just empty on the back part of the underside of the truck back mm-hmm. there. But, like, classic cartoon, we, op- we park it over a manhole, you know, lift up the manhole automatically, not even by hand, which is kind of weird. We had a weird. remote. That's so weird. And then, like, cut through the bottom of it and just lower the entire thing down. And that took, what, like, two and a half minutes yep and 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 proctor and harris were distracted the entire time by a car alarm by a car alarm like what i oh my goodness oh and then i guess shortly after that harris being very fred flintstoney and cartoony again like running like continuing to run and then his feet are smoking like right. that oh my goodness this is i can see why they went to a cartoon with a series yeah, it was it, basically, it, it, a, basically cartoon. a cartoon. Again, this is, and we'll get more into the the similarities between Roger Rabbit in a little bit. I just want to go through a couple oh, more of my goodness. notes. Yeah, please do, because I don't have much. <laughs> I know. Um, who knew that Hooks was a computer genius, by the way? Oh, yes. She is just amazing on the computer. Can look stuff up right away, finds code words... Because this is before passwords yes. were, were, were known. Were so known. They're, they're, I don't know the code word. You know, that was her. That was my impression of her doing Pretty spot on, Michael actually. Jackson. Your um, impersonation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but she's still able to break into this mm-hmm. computer, this um, CRT type of computer. So the green screen, the old green screen computers. I haven't they seen. They were not color. They, they had all these extra PF keys. Yeah. Um, but she's able to break in and, and basically, thanks to Sergeant Lassard, who's in this again. He's, yep. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's just there. He's just there. <laughs> um, I mean, if... Oh. By the way, I haven't seen computer hacking that good since the little kid from Jurassic Park five years right. later. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a, it's a, uh, it, it, it is amazing. It's, it's so... But you can tell, like, you can tell where we're at in the 80s. Because it's like, oh yeah, computers, which I know computers have been around, mm. like those types of computers have been around longer, but you start seeing them showing up more and more in movies yeah. when you get later into the 80s, and it's that whole, like, because it's the new thing, like, the way they talk about computers is so, no, that's not at all right, that's not what you do, that's not how it is, it's so bad. No, yeah, okay, keep, keep, keep going, keep going. All right, so, so we've already talked about Jones and his comedy routine, and that may have been my favorite scene of this film. Three more scenes that I want to point out that I laughed at. I actually laughed at these three scenes. Okay. City Goes Dark, mm-hmm. 
and Fackler is out controlling traffic. Okay. Because those are the only lights now in the city besides cars. Yeah. Malls are starting to be attracted to him. And so he's trying to shoo the <laughs> malls away. See, you're laughing because this scene was kind of funny. Um, Keep going. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then pretty soon, like, he's in the middle of this huge traffic mess. Right. Because these malls are going. He is trying to use these air, airline steering things to keep him away. And then there's, that yeah. was funny. And then there's just one guy that's just walking through all the stopped cars, which was just kind of weird yeah but yes okay <laughs> so that that was funny and again so the, so and, and again the, the, sticking with police academy films there is a plot that kind of goes over the, there's a difference with this one though where it takes a while for the plot to develop mm-hmm. like in every other one you know the plot the first five minutes of the yeah. film this one it took a while for the plot to develop they stretched the plot over the course of probably like the first half of the movie Yep. And I think that also, again, I, I, I see what they were trying to do. They were trying to make it a different film. They were trying to make it a different story. Like, they were trying to go a different direction, again, by having the bad guy be not, you don't know who the bad guy is. This movie also does not do, like, what the first couple did, where the final scene was something that they kind of just, oh, by the way, here it is. Like, yep. like, the, like the, the robbers showing up at the end of part three and the whole motorboat chase. Like, that was something that kind of, came out of nowhere. It's like, oh, here's the last act, by the way. And this we have one, budget still. We have Let's budget, spend so. it all on this scene. And apparently we filmed the movie in chronological order. And they're like, crap, we have a ton of money left. Let's just throw it at this. But like this, they, they do try slowly developing the, 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 the storyline. And it does kind of feel out of place in relation in to the series. rest of yep. the series. All right. So two more scenes I found funny. Okay. Uh, the scene where Bubba Smith's character, Hightower, is fighting the big guy, Ox. Okay. The big guy of, you know, so basically Hightower's coming apart yep. in, in the, in in the, the Washington guys. Heights gang. Yep. So he, like, lowers this, like, huge, like, thing of metal, scrap metal on top of Hightower. Which, by the way, should have killed him. Should have killed him. <laughs> Would have killed most humans, but this is Bubba Smith. This is Bubba Smith, about. and he is pretty indestructible. So he gets up. And the only thing that's damaged is his name plate on his uniform is unpinned. <laughs> and he says, all right, now I'm mad. <laughs> that I found funny. That I laughed at. Because he just dropped this huge amount of weight on him. him. And that's nothing to him, And that's apparently. nothing. He just wipes himself off, dusts himself off, but his name plate is offset. Now he's mad. <laughs> that was funny. I found that funny. The last scene that I found funny in this, and there were a couple that were okay and right. all that, you know, but the last one was was it actually a Nicholas Ard moment. Oh. He finds where the secret hideout is of the gang. Okay. And he gets locked in the room and a poison gas starts coming in. So he finds a, you know, he, you know, he starts like, poison gas, what are you doing? He starts coughing. He finds a, a can of air purifier and starts spraying. I found that funny because he sprayed it. He says, that's not working. <laughs> like, 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 I found that humor just because, like, he tried it and he realized this is stupid. <laughs> and threw it, like, like, he's, like, commenting on the writing of the movie already. It's like, this, th- that, that to me was funny. You have to admit, that was humorous. That was funny. And you also just brought up a good point, which connects to a line from the film that I specifically wrote down when it was said. 
So you made a comment about how it, about Nick, that Nick's line there feels more like it's a, it's a, it's a uh, reflection of the film's <laughs> yes. writing. Yes. The line that I wrote down was from Hightower saying, bad jokes are where I draw the line. Yes. <laughs> that, he said that. It brought my attention back to the film. I paused it and wrote it down because I feel like that line <laughs> is is something that the studio should have had as their mantra. <laughs> like, bad jokes are where I draw the line because I feel like these are going more and more towards the bad jokes that are just more groaners than anything. I'm not going to lie. This film, I spaced out after the first 15 minutes. I, it lost me, and I kept I kept coming back in. Like I was watching it, but I don't remember mo. I remember bits and pieces. I remember the the heist. I yes, I remember them stealing it out of the the bank or out of the back of the truck, the the jewels. I remember I remember Hightower getting smashed. I remember like like bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. But I honestly zoned out for half of it because it, it didn't keep my interest. I honestly like I'm like okay like at least at least five. I was some somehow still invested in it, and I don't know if I'm just burnt on these films. Like I don't know if they've 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 burned me too many times, and I don't care anymore. <laughs> the the creator did not intend anyone to watch them all in order. I I think I think you're supposed best, to be a year in between. I was gonna say I think the best way to watch these movies is you separate them out one a year, <laughs> which then makes me wonder if that's not how we should have done this podcast. <laughs> it's like Chris, welcome back for the one year anniversary of the Police Academy. We're on three now. This and is you only call me <laughs> when we do these anymore. Once it's a year. seven years. <laughs> It's the longest running franchise episodes. No, I'm not gonna lie. I I did. I that bad that bad line. The bad jokes are where I draw the line. Line makes me feel like that is what the writers should have kept to. I I wonder if if we're at a point where Warner Brothers is like, we have you contracted to make more movies. You need to make more movies, right? And so the creator is like, all right, and purposely like just. Not phoned it in, but just made him worse and worse. Because I'm sure he, at this point, wanted to move on. It's been six years. Well, you saw he's in the movie. The creator's yeah. in it, and he's he's on the because he's on the payphone. Yes, and he makes a comment about like like six. I don't know seven or like seven. I don't know, but maybe. And that's that's the character quietly saying that in the background, and that's in reference to these movies. Yes, because I thought I read like that. That there was four movies, and after the fourth one, they made they had a contract for possibly three more. Yeah, which is a re- and nowadays I feel like that doesn't matter anymore. Contracts, because because they have actors under contract for you know so many movies. Right. Like, like hey, let's do yeah, we're gonna you know we got eleven movie for deal, eleven movie deal. And when the first one tanks, the studio just kind of goes, all right, never mind. And then sometimes, like, sometimes, and then kind of pays out what they are owed. But like. I, I feel like this franchise, if this franchise was made today, there's no way it would reach this point. Well, I, I think Hollywood... Okay, now now we're going to go a little Hollywood history That's here. That's fine. We've already kind of done that a little bit, so might as so, well. So Hollywood has a history of, you know, like in the 40s and 50s, they had contracted players. Like the actors were contracted. Yep. So actors worked for a certain studio. We're owned directors by studios, were owned by Directors were owned by studios. Yeah. So the studios controlled everything. You know, that started to change in the 70s, you know, by the time we get to the 70s and, and 80s. But it was still there, especially for up and coming people. So right. Warner Brothers pretty much owned this guy 
you know the the creator of the series because of the contract that he had right because there's plenty of 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 examples of films out there where the actor was forced to do a third film that he didn't want to do right like because Ed, he was under contract like he edward, had to. edward norton had a three-picture deal with whatever studio he did not want to make the italian job they forced him to make the italian job so he didn't do any press for it and all that and mm-hmm. he, he phoned it in basically in the italian job he so there's plenty of other examples of actors and films like that where it's like, all right, I'm still under contract. I have to do this. Right. I want to do something else, but all right. And yeah, and there's still, yeah, definitely. Because like Mike Myers is, in my mind, is the most recent memory of stuff like this happening because he was supposed to do the Sprockets film. This was back in like the mid or early 2000s. He was under contract from Universal to do the Sprockets film. Dita. And they did all pre-production and they were literally the day before they were supposed to start filming and he dropped out and universal like sued him for like a breach of contract. Cause they're yeah. like, no, 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 you don't do that crap. So close to right. Ready to go. And what ended up happening was that's why he did a cat in a hat was because he owed them a, a film. film. Yep. So he did Cat in the Hat, and that was just, ugh, a terrible movie. But, like, which, good thing we don't have to do those franchises. Well, it's the Dr. Seuss franchise <sighs> that you're going to be doing with uh, probably no, Kim. stop it. Stop it. I think Kim stop it. Kim Casey is going to do that with you. Those don't count as Cat franchises. Cat in the Hat, Horton Hears a Who. <sighs> they, well, they get to do the original Grinch, or not the yeah. original, the Jim Carrey Grinch. Right, thing. so there's four of them. No. So, Kim Casey... <laughs> No. <laughs> not, so, not that I don't want to do it with Kim. Kim, that's not at all what I'm saying. I just know so. we're not I doing so. those movies. All I right. put my foot down. So, what? okay, so here's something I did not like about this film. Okay. And, and, and again, there are many things. There are but many, one many of, things. But one of the biggest things is that Hightower basically becomes an ex-Machina character. Yeah. Like, he shows up whenever, hey... I need to lift this manhole cover. Yep. Oh, I can't do it. It's too, oh, hey, good thing Hightower shows up yep. and just whips it up. Like, 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 oh, no, I'm going to die in this gas-filled room. Oh, good thing Hightower showed up to knock the door down. Yep. It's very, very much like he just, you know, might as well named him Sergeant McGuffin. Yeah, he basically has become the McGuffin. Or just, yeah, the, the ex-machina, the helper, just there. You brought up a really good point. I do want to briefly talk about this. Briefly talk about the concept of, do you think, truthfully, do you think that the, the writers of these movies were well aware of where these movies were going? Oh, I, and I'm just sure they didn't were. care anymore. And were try- do you feel like they were trying to just see what they could get by the studio without, without the studio realizing? Like, do you think the studio, do you think Warner Brothers remotely cared about these movies anymore and just kept giving them a little I, bit of cash? So just I don't think them? at this point in time Warner Brothers cared much about. I mean, I mean, I think after six just failed because this was six was the first one that was not the number one movie in an opening weekend. You think people out, out, out got, of the police, police Academy friend? It's six years in a row at yeah. this point. At this point, you think people just got tired of them? Yeah, because I mean, well, you you know the the press is probably going like worse and worse. Well, and Roger Niebert, Siskel yeah. Niebert, Roger Niebert, Siskel Niebert, like always gave them like thumbs down. Like right. people just didn't care anymore. And right. well, and okay, so I under so Mahoney was in four, so I could still see why people would be going to that one, right? I mean, right. it's still the same guy, and people like Mahoney. Five. I think people will give it a chance just to see. Well, let's see. Just, let's what's see what happens, right? Yep. And then we're burned. And then by yeah, it. And, and then yeah, it was bad. 
I'm not gonna. So so six was the first one that was not the number one movie that weekend in which, the franchise. Which my assumption is is that probably when five came out, because these came out every year, they were already in production for six, working yep. on six. So they were like by the time the press came back and the, and the the numbers came back, it was already too late, and the studio was like, ah, well. Crap. Well, I guess we have to still do it. And they just did it anyways and hoped that it was still going to be good. And then my guess is, is that when five started tanking, they finished six and they didn't put a seventh into production because they were worried about the the like the return. Because, yeah, after this, the next one came out in what? Mid 90s. Isn't it like 94? 94. So there's a sub, there's a, there's a, there's actually a six year gap between this film and the next one. So you kind of make it go like the studio was like, ah, let's just wait and see how well this one did. And then this one didn't do any better. No, it did worse. It did worse. It did worse. Which is really confusing as to why there's a part seven. So, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so, so I, I think the writers did. I think the writers were just, they were all under contract. They were all working for Warner Brothers. And they were just going And I'm sure they were tired of it, too. I mean, that's why they had lazy jokes. Uh-huh. And you, you have, you know, meta jokes now. Oh, yeah. You know, just how bad the jokes are. Yep. Um, and, and just, yeah, how, how terrible it's getting. And just, you know, the, the other, I will mention one other scene I did like is that Jones got beat. Okay. In martial arts. Yeah. Like, Somehow he's great at martial arts because he can do the... Because he can do the voices. The voices. But he got beat. He clearly got beat by the other guy. Yep. And it's only because he fooled him. And, and, and so that I liked. He made him think he was a robot I didn't like. Oh, I my just goodness. like, oh, my gosh, that's so terrible. It's also very 80s. Yes. Because at that point, you had like films that like RoboCop, because RoboCop was out now at right. this point. Mm-hmm. So that would be the most recent one. But you, you already had the Terminator be successful uh, four years prior. You have RoboCop happening now. You have a lot of these like like robots, and that's all 80s. That's all the yep. robot thing is popular. So how else, what do you do? You bring in robots so into bad. your film. And yeah, that... That the the but then that just goes to show like the type of the type of movie you're dealing with yep. when your bad guys go oh, you're a robot like yeah. okay okay <laughs> no stop so so knowing this I, we've already said that for after five no absolutely not no more sequels why do you think do you do you, as the studio. Do you make another one after this one at all? Do you think there needs to be a part seven? No. These characters are so far gone from what they were in the first one. There's no character development at this point. At least in the first couple, there were kind of like character developments for each of the characters. Like kind of an overall arc, you know. Maybe they got, maybe, maybe Tackleberry got a little less of a gun nut. Maybe Hightower, you know, I don't, whatever. Hooks started getting a little more confident. But now they're just like, nope, what do they do? Okay, Hooks is quiet. She does this line. High, you know, Hightower is, is strong. He does this. Jones does the funny voices, which we kind of talked about in like even in four. But like yeah, at this getting... point, do you, why? Why? There's no need for more, right? Well, again, we don't know what contracts that were out there but if I was the studio I would say no and be like you know what guys just pay off anybody if and, we have contracts with them and we're done with this and here's the thing I think only three of them are back in the next one in the next one there's no high tower there's no hooks yeah so I'm I'm, intr- I'm Tackleberry is back Lassard is back and not Nick Lassard he Matt McCoy is <laughs> done gone. 
He did these two and he's like, screw this. It's like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> Which then makes me wonder if he didn't, he, if he wasn't under contract for two. You if know. the no-no Mahone is out. <laughs> Hashtag no-no Mahone. Yeah. What was your favorite Nicholas R? <laughs> Mine was the aerosol. Hashtag no-no <laughs> Mahone. Let us know your favorite non-Mahone moment. From... My favorite part was when he was a creep in part five and got thrown into the pool. <laughs> what? That makes so, no sense. So I, I do want to go back to one point because I okay. think we agree. We're, we're both done. We're, we're both done. We're so we done. Are, we are sadomasochists because we are going to watch this seventh one now. But let's get back to the parallels. <laughs> so I know. We're going to be watching this in about 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> we're watching, we're rec- watching and recording the next episode right away. Immediately, just to get it done with. It's like a Band-Aid at this point. So episode. So the next episode is just going to be us going, Ugh. For like an hour. Well, see you guys next time, and then end. <laughs> oh, sorry, yes. What was your last point? Let's go back to that. Let's 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 think about the comparisons between this and Roger Rabbit. The, okay. The the parallel. So Roger Rabbit came out a year before. This came out in eighty nine. Say. Roger Rabbit came out eighty eight. Okay. So in Roger Rabbit, the plot is you also have, a Warner Brothers movie. Also Warner Brothers. <laughs> Warner Brothers Disney combination. So in in Roger Rabbit. You have somebody mysteriously buying up all this land yep. to put a freeway in. Yep. In yeah, we didn't really dive into the exact plot no, of this. Like the, I the, the plot, the plot of Police Academy is you have this mysterious figure buying up all this land to put up a train station. Right. Okay. And the heists are happening because the best way to buy up all the land is to is raise to, the crime levels, which would lower the property, uh, property value, so that way it's cheaper to buy the land. Right. Which, okay, I okay makes sense. Like I see why in a movie plot, in a movie world sense. that totally makes sense in real life. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. But okay, so here <laughs> let's, let's talk about some more parallels. Yep. Um, you have. A character who uh, is, you know, he morphs into a different character, basically, once he's exposed as the bad guy. Mm -hmm. So you have someone who you think is okay, and then he turns around. You have the judge in Roger Rabbit. You have the mayor in this city. You also have very cartoony people. Very cartoony (laughs) people in both. You have ridiculous plot points and ridiculous events happening. Very cartoonish. Um, You have someone in a mask. And once the mask is pulled, they turn extremely cartoony. Like, I couldn't believe, like, the mayor was a completely different character once the mask was pulled off. Also, I somehow, the mayor, who's a larger gentleman, was able to fit into a thinner commissioner bodysuit, body suit, which we didn't even talk about that ending. We don't have to. Oh, my goodness. We the don't. nose test? <laughs> the, no, the Pinocchio test or the something Pinocchio like that. Test. Is that what he called it? Where like the pull on the nose? That may have been one of the worst uh, Nick Lassard moments. Oh my goodness. Hashtag no, no, Mahone. No, no, Mahone. Seriously, no, no, Mahone. <laughs> no, no, Mahone. Um, sorry, I, we can please, yeah, yeah, continue. We don't have to talk about it. Oh but my goodness, the ending. Just, just the, the, the parallels are just, to me, too obvious to not... Point out, especially since it was the same studio. You have characters who are accused of doing something that they're not, right. and have to basically prove that they're not behind this. Right, they're friends helping them out. Yep. Um, I mean, I guess you could argue that it's a common plot. Like, 
structure. Kind of. And then it just happened to get used in these two, like, police-esque movies. I'm seeing the writers of this movie, like, with a glass on the wall or on the door next to the Roger Rabbits. It's like, Like, oh, that's a good idea. It's good. Let's do that one, too. Yeah, they they, they have... have, Oh, because they, they're they're classic 1950s and 1940s characters. They have like the stethoscope yep, up against the yep, wall, listening like Harris did at one point <laughs> on a building as they're window washing. Um, yeah, oh my that's goodness. what they have there. That's why they use that I'll moment say, in there. And the there. other writers sitting there going, "That's a great idea. We need to yep. use that in the movie." Which they're okay in that sequence. Is one of the two bad guys in the um, in that office? No, it's a it's a record it's a record studio. But they, they, that was a distraction. To get Harris out of the picture, but is is okay. Keep talking. I want to see if I wanted to look no, at some one no, of the actors. One of, one of, no, they were not in that scene. It was different actors in this movie studio scene or the uh, uh, recording studio scene. But like the actors who were in there, is that one of those actors like a famous actor? Oh, pff, that's I, who I was trying to so, figure out. Okay, you keep you keep talking. So this this film, out of all of them now, this is the only one not to have like launching a career of anyone famous. Yeah, like. Janet Jones was a stretch in five to be famous because I think she's more known for being Mrs. Wayne Gretzky than she is for anything else. Yeah. But this film had zero people in it. Like, like nobody knew was launched. Like, the bad guys were just nobody that you could tell who they were. Right. Like, I um, know the, I know, I know of the actor who plays Ace, the main bad guy, or sorry, the main of the three henchmen. Yeah. Like, I know of him. Like, I've seen him in other things because I think he's like a, he's kind of like a character actor. He's kind of like, he kind of plays those types of goofy yeah. people because he's got a distinct look. Yeah. But I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell yeah, you what tell his me another name movie. is. Tell me another movie he's in. Apparently he's in Child's Play 2. I'm on his IMDb credit right now, but... Yeah, okay. he's because he's been in 122 things, so he's just one of those guys. That so was, I can't wait for Ryan Frang and you in the Child's Play series. Oh my those, and then goodness! Then we can talk about it again. Child's Play might not actually be that bad of a series. That might be kind of fun. <laughs> All right, Ryan. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Um, no, like yeah. So keep going. Keep going. Um, just yeah. So I, I just I'm just watching the end of this film, and I'm just thinking this is clearly the only difference is you don't have the dip. Yeah, which I don't know. Would that have made the movie better? (laughs) That's basically the only difference between these because they. The mayor's trying to dump the the police academy people into the dip. What the hell? No! Wait a minute. Did did Hightower just melt in the. Oh, he's literally. He's not in the next one, so. (laughs) This is literally. Who framed Roger Rabbit? It you guys is. just turned Roger and Eddie into Lassard and No No Mahone. He, <laughs> you know, you know, either that, you know, either either the writers had the glass on the wall or the 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 um, thing on the wall, or the studio was like, you know what? Here, let's save some money. Just change character names. Here's the script. We have a script. Here's draft two of, of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Just, just use this. Just use this. Yeah. We have, we're not going to use this one. You can just go ahead and do whatever you right. want with it. This may work for you. Oh, man. Which, I mean, yeah, if they were on the Warner, but that means, oh, God. Oh, man. That's ridiculous that a studio will put out very similar films a year apart from each other. And which, they're both PG. Like, they're both, like, seen by the same audience. It, it, it'd be one thing if, like, Police Academy was R. Yeah. But not. This is, this is literally, I mean, you, you could argue that, like, 
Who Framed? Well, see, but even Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No, I would. I saw. Ray, I saw Roger Rabbit. That was a PG. Movie. That was a fam. That was a family movie. Yeah. Even though you watch it nowadays, and you're like, that is not a family movie. I mean, it is, but that's dark for a family movie. Like it, for it kids. Is. Yep. Which just means our generation. I, I still cry up. when the when the one shoe is. Put I in the depth. don't like that shoe melting. <laughs> that makes me sad. But yeah, it's it's yeah. Yeah, it's I was gonna go into a tangent about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. No, this is the police academy. We gotta finish the police academy. Right. So yeah. So 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 I guess you're, we're, we're, we're we were done after four. We were so done after four. There's like no way we would see five. There's no way we would see six. Um, Which will bring up an interesting question that we will have to ask for part seven. Would we have gone to see part seven? Will we ever see number one again? <laughs> Or we're going to bring back so many bad memories of this franchise <laughs> that we're like, hell no, I'm done. Police Academy, never is dead again. To me now. Well, we, uh, well let's, let's wrap things up. We've been going for about an hour and a half, so this was a longer one, which we knew was going to be a little longer. Yes. But, uh, so we're pretty much on the same page. Surprisingly, we talk, but we did talk about two movies. So, so But with that, um, next, next time's episode will be uh, Police Academy 7, and then the final wrap-up. Where we'll just talk about the franchise as a whole, and we'll say goodbye to me. We'll say goodbye to Chris because that'll just be your like last Hightower. episode for a long, for a long time, and <laughs> for a very long time, Chris will never be back. No, that's a lie. What? You'll be back. You'll be back in like episode six hundred and twenty-two or whatever. Right. Which actually, I think that's the look who's talking one. So good luck. <laughs> yeah, you're look who's talking. <laughs> no, um, six hundred and twenty-two. We'll never make it to that many episodes. No, but uh, yeah. So next time will be our final outing of the Police Academy. Final outing with Chris, and we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about this series as a whole. We'll ha- as a whole. <sighs> I think only one character was the hoe. Only one was. <laughs> and we all know it was Hightower. So with that, everybody. Uh, any- <laughs> so that because he's dead. We can't get you for that. <laughs> now he can't. <laughs> so with that, um, yeah, that was parts five and six. Mm, we'll be back with Police Academy <laughs> 7. Mission, Mission to, to Moscow. Moscow. <sighs> My goodness, this franchise. All right, everybody. We'll see you guys next time. I like how you wave. I wave. I do wave. Oh, real quick. Uh, plug stuff, Chris. Go. Oh, uh, 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 besides this? Besides this show. Uh, well, first of all... We, uh, Which you'll no longer plug after the next right, episode. Right. Like, don't listen to this crap. I'm not on it. <laughs> so we, we got Podcast Mania, which is the horror podcast, which yep. we're recording uh, tomorrow again, if if I don't have a baby. Um, Rewatchmen. <laughs> Uh, which Chris another is, one? Chris is eight months pregnant. I by am. the way, guys, <laughs> the junior situation. Um, My baby. <laughs> we have a podcast. Oh, no, we did a podcast. We have Rewatchmen, which uh, we just did one. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we did uh, TC and I recorded one last week, so oh, okay. it's going to be posted soon for Ghostbusters Two. Oh, yep, yep, Ghostbusters Two. Um, and then there's always the Rewatchmen React, which is basically. Jeff and I, <laughs> which is <just> us, <laughs> um, which which we, we should figure out in our next movie to do that with. It should totally be Finding Dory. <laughs> like <laughs> what? Could, <laughs> what is could this? be? Uh, could be Ghostbusters. It could be. It probably it could, should be Ghostbusters. Actually. Um, and um, I also Chris and Max movie review. Yep. Uh, every an, other every Wednesday. other Wednesday. So there's one out last Wednesday. There'll yep. be one out not this week, but next week Wednesday or whenever. Because I don't know when this is coming out. Um, just, you know. Just check, look for check it. Check the inner tubes. <laughs> and uh, firmamentfilms.com. We just put out a new film. Yes. A brilliant um, film. Screen colon writer. Yep. Writer spelled R-I-G-H-T-E-R. Right. And the <laughs> nah. colon is not spelled out. Yes. <laughs> 
But it's important in there. So check that out, too. Uh, Share it. uh, Watch it all over. And maybe it'll be posted on here as well. So you can find it easy. Will the sequel to that be screen colon wronger? Uh, Or lefter? (laughs) No. No? That's that's why I'm not allowed to write things. Right. (laughs) Because that's what I would do. And what would you like to plug? My usual Twitter, uh, at Random Bell, is the best bet, just because I... I haven't done any live uh, tweetings in a while. I should really no, do one you of those. No, you haven't. At Badger Colfax, mine, yes. um, hasn't seen anything. Hasn't seen anything. Um, to comment I need on. To, I, need to, I need to do some more of those because I'm, st- I'm, I'm starting an Alien franchise now, so I'll eventually do one. Maybe I'll do one this week. Um, and then other than that, yeah, just go be sure, be sure to check out the, if you haven't, if you haven't liked the Facebook account for this podcast, just so that we can keep up with it. I posted that this episode was going up late on there. That's just the best way to do it. So you don't go, where's the show with that voice and those hand gestures, which you cannot see because it's podcast. But you know what they You know doing. what it is. Yeah. You, especially those of you who have listened to m- me on Top Shelf, you know exactly what I'm doing. Um, cause I talk with my hands. But that's topshelf.com. Sorry, facebook.com <laughs> slash topshelf. Nope, that's the wrong podcast. <laughs> facebook.com. Just, just put the link on here. Slash Franchman. Oh my goodness. We need to stop. This is We've derailed We're entirely. Derailed. So with that, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next week, next time, two weeks from now, with the final episode of the Police Academy franchise. Yay. Yay, question mark. It's going to be so exciting. And like I said, it's going to be an hour of just groaning into the microphone. So with that, everybody, grumble, 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 grumble. grumble. I'm waving again. You can hear it. Adidas. Adidas. (laughs) Ongyan. See you guys later. That means hello. That means hello. (laughs) This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending.